0: Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged.
1: I was stirred Friday night as I was speaking to Crossroads, and, and I love speaking into that generation, uh, that younger generation, a little, little bit younger than me. Um, just, just a little bit, yeah. And... But my heart is also stirred for for the older generation. You know, for the older generation, for us seniors, uh, there's an attack of fear and people are worried about, how am I going to live out my days, my future? I'm locked up. Uh, People want to protect me because of my age, and they don't want me to go anywhere. I can't go out. I can't go here, and I can't go there. Uh, I have a limitation of how I'm going to live my life. and it has a tendency to want to steal hope for the future in the older generation. I mean, I'm strong, I'm healthy, but people look at me and say, "No, you're, you're pastor year. You're, you're in that age group, and, and so you're not safe. I declare in the name of Jesus, I am safe anywhere I go." Now I'm going to walk in wisdom. I'm not going to be foolish. I'm going to do necessary things to protect my health, but I'm not going to give in to the limitations, the boundaries that people are try to put on me, like because of my age, my life is over. No, it's not. And then you have the younger generation, and they're being attacked by fear. Uh, how am I going to build my life, my, my life for my family? My dreams are being stolen. My hopes are being taken away. Limitations and boundaries are trying to surround me, trying to steal my hope for a future. How am I going to build my life for the future and my businesses? And so all of these limitations and challenges come in. And I want to encourage you today. We're going to have to get our mind on him. We're going to have to get our eyes on Jesus. We're going to have to fill our our hearts with the word of God and begin to declare what he says. You know, in in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. One of the things that we've been declaring here in New Life all year long is that we have hope that is alive. And our hope is not going to be deferred. It's not going to be cast aside. We're not going to give up on it. We are going to be prisoners of a great expectation. You know, when we were first singing that song, it reminded me of a verse In uh, Psalm 78 referring to the children of Israel and it says yes again and again they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel they limited the Holy One of Israel they did not remember his power the day that he redeemed them from the enemy And everything that he did in Egypt, splitting the Red Sea, bringing them through, and yet no matter what he did, they they had a tendency to forget his power and his goodness and who he was to them. And I want to challenge and encourage you today, do not limit God in your situation. We sing a song Friday night in Crossroads. I know I keep uh, referring to that, but it's really what caused me to change my whole message for today. And it was a song that referred to uh, Psalms 27. Now, a lot of things I'm sharing with you today are not going to be new verses. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if the verse is new or you've heard it a hundred times. What matters is what are you doing with the verses that you've heard. Uh, We don't need verses that are living on your earlobes. We need verses that are planted in the depths of your heart that are growing and producing fruit. So it's not a matter, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. No, it's a matter of what is real to you, what's in here, because what's in here you're going to find coming out of your mouth. You're going to find that it's changing the way that you think. Psalms 27, 13 and 14 said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, in the Amplified Classic, it says it this way, What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? What is happening to people now who don't believe? Let me tell you, they are bound with fear and worry and anxiety. I, 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 my heart goes out to people who have no faith in God. My heart goes out to people who don't have a word that's living in their heart, that when they pray, they know that God is working on their behalf. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout, strong, and enduring. These are not the days for weak-hearted men and women. And I want to encourage you today in the body of Christ, those of you in new life and Whoever's watching from around the world, these are not the days for the weak. These are the days for God's people to be strong. These are the days of the church. If there was ever a time for believers to shine, listen, this is our day. This is our day to shine. We are that light that's on a hill. We are that that light that draws people. We will not be put out by darkness. We are the ones that push aside darkness. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope and expect the Lord. Now, the problem with, with me and in, in getting ready to preach on a Sunday is by the time Sunday comes, when I put a message together and it's good, by the time Sunday comes, I have about 30 more verses that just keep coming. Uh, I came in here this morning ready to preach and since I've been here, <laughs> I just, they, they just keep coming. I can't help it. Uh, and I'm going to make a quick reference to 2 Chronicles. And I know it's going to challenge me for time, but I, I can't help myself. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I'll just read this real quick. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one no virus, no COVID, no disease, no lack is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people of Israel, gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it and you have, and have built a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or even famine, that we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple. Not this one. Listen, his name is in this temple. Oh, I'm a, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't have to go to the house of the Lord because I are, I am the house of the Lord. His name is on this temple. And cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, and you turned them away and did not destroy them. In other words, you said, Israel, leave them people alone, don't bother them, just go on your journey. But now here they are, rewarding us by coming and trying to throw us out of the possession which you gave us to inherit. The enemy is trying to come and steal the possession and the blessings and the favor that God has and wants to bring into your life. And I'm here to declare to you today, it's just not going to happen, but you're going to have to be willing to fight. You're going to have to be willing to stand. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? Now, I like this here because it just acknowledges where we are in in a lot of our situation. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor... Do we know what to do? That might be you right now. Lord, I have no power about what's going on concerning challenging my business, limitations here and there. I have no power against government restrictions. It's beyond my control. We have no power in the natural to deal with this. It says, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But... There's always a but there. But our eyes are on you. Lord, we don't know what to do. But listen, I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. This is what your word says. And then the Spirit of God speaks to someone. He says, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. In other words, God's got something to say in your situation, in your condition. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude or this virus. Pastor Paul's paraphrase. For the battle is not yours but God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Listen, where you put yourself is very important. Where you position yourself is very important. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is With you, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Glory to God. Now, that's just my introduction. (laughs) Because I didn't share any of that Friday night, but it just kept coming. My beginning verse Friday night was Isaiah 33, 6 in the Amplified. And it says this. And he will be the security and the stability of your times. Oh, come on. Right now, what do we need? We need a sense of security and stability because we've got so many questions, so many wonderings, so many worries, so many fears. It says, and he will be the security and the stability of your times, a treasure of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is your treasure. That respect, that awesome honor, and reverence, and worship towards God, that is your treasure. Do not let it go. That's why I'm glad you're with us here today in the service, and that's why other people need to wake up, and if they're not in this service, need to get in another service. You need to get in a life group. You you, you cannot allow complacency or anxiety or laziness to cause you to draw away. You need to get and position yourself where the Word of God and the presence of God continues to strengthen you because these are not the days for weak or faint-hearted believers. The uncertainty of our times... The continued unknown, the changing news, the inconsistent and contradicting words that continue to fill every avenue of the media, bombarding your mind and your soul. You have to have something in your heart that is greater than the things that are trying to fill your mind. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your understanding. There are things you can't figure out. There are things that your reasoning is just not going to be able to handle. There are limitations upon what your mind can see and comprehend. But there's no limitation upon what you can believe and who you can believe in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, in every situation, physically, naturally, emotionally, financially, in your family, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You might cry out say, Lord, I don't like what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. I'm in pain. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some confusion, but I trust you. You better bring that back in there because the reality is we are dealing with a lot of things. At every different age, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, the challenges are there. The fears come. They don't immediately disappear. So might as well just get real and honest and cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm dealing with this and this. I really have no idea what to do here, but my eyes are on you and I trust you. You. I don't doubt you because of the wind or the waves because I know you're in my boat with me, and we're going to make it to the other side. John 16, 33, Amplified Classic. I love this verse. I think it's a foundational verse for the days in which we live. I have told you these things. That's so why Jesus said that he was sending the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance the things that he told us so we don't forget. Even in the book of Psalms, it says... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Sometimes we just need a good remembrance. I have told you these things so that in me, in me you have perfect peace and confidence. Not the government, not the job, not your bank account, not everything else, but in me you have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But in the middle of all of that, be of good cheer, Take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. Don't draw back, don't give up, don't quit. I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. That's why we can't give place to fear. We can't allow fear to dominate our minds and cause us to limit God and and allow our our, our problems to become the mountain and shrink the size of our God. We have a tendency to talk to God about the size of our mountain when we really need to be talking to our mountain about the size of our God. We need to turn it around. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified says this, For God... Did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. In other words, these are not the days to give up. I'm praying that God brings a fight back alive in your life. That he causes a courage to rise up. That you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. That you get tired of being fearful and weak and declare today, no more. Begin to speak that and declare that into your home and your house and over your businesses. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. These abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. How's that going to happen? Well, you're going to have to keep your eyes on God's word. You're going to have to feed on the Word. You're going to have to take some time daily. When you're in the fight, when you're dealing with things consistently that are coming against you physically and coming against you mentally, you're going to have to make sure that you feed your heart more than what your head is having to deal with. That's why Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Pay attention. It's not casual. It's intentional uh, listening, watching, receiving. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows and springs the issues of life or the forces of life. Out of your heart, there is a force that comes out. Faith is a force. Joy is a force. Peace is a force. Courage. And it comes from here. It comes from your heart, not your head, not your arms, not your body. It is a, phys- it is a spiritual force that God wants to flow out from the inside of you. But how, how are you going to maintain the strength of that? Well, it tells you. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Don't let it depart from your eyes. If you're spending five hours on Facebook and social media and, 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 and everything else and you're spending about five minutes in the word of God, of course things are going to be out of balance because you're feeding your belly and you're feeding your head and your spirit is starving to death. You're going to have to begin to feed your inner man. Challenges, discouragements, opportunities to believe and trust God and prove that God is faithful. These are the days that you and I live in. What an incredible opportunity for God to show himself strong. You know, I preached on testimonies and I preached one week on prayer and, and, and just felt I need to get back in that flow. These, if you're not doing any of the things that I preached in the other messages, you need to go back and listen to them. We need to be doers of the word. Proverbs 13, 12. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. In other words, what's going to bless your life is what's coming out of your mouth, not what you're chewing with your mouth and goes into your stomach. What's going to bless your life is not what kind of lunch you eat today, because that's natural food that goes in your mouth, excites your taste buds, which there's nothing wrong with that. I plan on doing that for lunch today. But the strength of my life is not determined by what I have for lunch today. The strength of my life is by the words of life that come from my heart and come out of my mouth. The fruit of my mouth of what's coming out is determining my future days and the strength of those days. Proverbs 18 Uh, 14, 15, 20, and 21, it says, "'The spirit of man will sustain him in sickness.'" See, the strength of your inner man is going to bring forth a strength to sustain you in physical sickness, but also in mental and emotional challenges. The strength of your spirit is going to be that sustaining strength to help you deal with anything that comes from the outside. Your strength is what dwells on the inside and comes out to handle with anything from the outside that's trying to come in. But who can bear broken spirit? The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. <laughs> there we go again. In other words, what's really going to satisfy you on the inside is not what you eat for lunch, but the words that you release into your life over your home, over your family, and over your business. I know. I've, been, I've lived in the Philippines 40 years. Filipinos eat more than anybody I know. Five, six times a day. You should be the biggest people on planet Earth. <laughs> but what's going to sustain you is not how many times you eat today. What's going to sustain you is how you speak today. And what you speak doesn't need to come out of your head. That's a problem with some of you, why you're so weak, is because you continue to repeat the last thing you heard. But it's something that's come from the world. It's, it's, it's something that's soulish. It's something that's brought fear. It's brought confusion. It's brought doubt. Stop Speak in the things that confuse you and, be, and begin to speak something that is full of life and joy and peace and faith. And that's God's word, not your, not your opinion, not your confusions. Stop repeating your fears and get a hold of God's word and allow that to come from your heart. The Bible says a good man from the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Bring forth those good things out of the treasure of your heart by declaring what God's word says concerning your circumstance and your situation. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he will be filled. The fruit of your lips will begin to fill your life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. A word in your mouth coming from your heart is the release of your faith. There's a miracle that God wants to bring forth from your mouth because what you're speaking is not your word, it's his word. And his word always has power. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word by no means will pass away. It says he's exalted his word above his name. And the Bible says that the name of Jesus has been exalted in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. There is no end to the validity, validity and the power of God's word. That's why you've got to get it in your heart. You've got to get it coming out of your mouth. Stop speaking everything you see. Stop speaking everything you hear. And let this life-giving word begin to rise from your heart and go forth into your life, your home, your family, and your situation. 2 Corinthians 4:13 and this is the apostle Paul and these words are just so incredible. He says, "And we having the same spirit of faith." This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. This is Paul talking to you and I also today. And he says, "Listen, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak." What are you believing today? What is causing courage to to rise up in your heart? What is causing faith to continue to just bubble up on the inside? What is sustaining your joy and your peace? What is keeping your hope alive? It is not the repetition of everything that's coming from the world. It must find its source and root in God's eternal word. Romans chapter 4, 19 through 21, and... And the Amplified Bible talks about Abraham, when God had given Abraham a promise, and it waited for a long time before it came to pass. It says, and this is Romans 4.19, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise. Listen, we have a lot of opportunities that cause us to waver. When we look at the circumstance and the situation of what we see, hear, or feel, it has a tendency of trying to convince us that that what we see, feel, or hear, that our physical circumstances and our physical senses are trying to convince that spiritual sense on the inside, The, the outward is more real than the inward, that what you feel is more real than what you believe. That's what happens during delay. Delay has a tendency to try to give birth to disappointment and frustration. And that's why you have to put your faith in God's word that no matter the delay, and in this verse here, where it says, He did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced. Another translation says, being fully persuaded. That God had the power to do what he promised. Listen, what promise do you have in your life? What promise do you have for your home? What promise do you have for your body? What promise do you have for your finances that comes from God's word that you can grab a hold of that and say, I am fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. God makes the promise. God brings the promise to pass. Your responsibility, my responsibility, one thing. Believe him, trust him, rely upon him. And the Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie. If he said it, he has the power to bring it to pass. We live in days right now where everything around us is trying to convince us. It's not coming. It's not going to happen. You're just not going to see it. And you and I are going to have to remain strong, stand up and speak out and declare, I choose to believe God. I am fully persuaded. I am convinced. He made the promise and he has the power to bring it to pass. You must contend. You cannot give up. You cannot back off. This is a generation, you younger generation especially, you have to have a fight in you. You have to have a stubbornness, a relentless persevering through all of the shaking that's going on. And declare, I refuse to be denied what God's word says concerning my situation. I will not give up. I will not quit. I will not surrender. I will not lose heart. How many words does it take for a miracle anyway? You know, when when Peter was in the boat and he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you. Tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, well, come. One word. One word. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. He, he, he experienced a miracle with one word. When Jesus showed up at Lazarus' tomb, he, well, he, he said three words. Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man who had been in the tomb for many days came out. How many words do you need to turn your situation around? Ten years ago when we were praying for Sister Shadi, we had a big prayer meeting in the church, and she was diagnosed with cancer and then TB and then, uh, one doctor's report said that it looked like she had a tumor behind her heart. And, and uh, as if two things wasn't enough, now we had a third thing to deal with. and We had a big prayer meeting. We prayed here. I was up in the balcony right up there and praying and out of Isaiah 53. Surely he has carried our sicknesses and diseases, a chastisement of our peace is upon him and by his stripes. We are healed. And I was praying for Shadi with tears in my eyes. And I went back and I began to pray that verse over and over. And the Spirit of God just stopped me on the first word. And I find myself up there saying just, surely, surely, not surely, 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 sure. That means without a doubt, absolutely, no doubt about it, going to come to pass. Surely, surely, surely. How many words does it take to bring a miracle in your life? When Jesus showed up to Jairus' house, he walked over to the little girl who was already dead. He says, well, I say to you, arise. Said the same thing to the widow woman's son when he touched the coffin. Young man, I say to you, arise. How many words does it really take For Jesus to bring a miracle into your home, into your family, into your body, into your marriage, into your finances, to turn things around. Stop limiting God. Well, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't see how it's going to work. Stop trying to figure out God with the reasoning of your mind. It's not your job to know or to try to figure it out. You just believe and trust and declare and give thanks and get loud and get strong with it. We've got to have some fight. Back in the church. These are the days for the church. If there were ever days for the church, these are the days. We began this last year. And what incredible beginning of the year with Pastor Jocelyn and Mylene as they started. Isaiah 60, verse 1 just says, Arise. There we go. Arise. Next word shine. Listen, you can't shine till you get up. You're not going to shine till you arise. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, come on, everybody say, but the Lord will. If it says he will, he will. He will not leave you in darkness. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you. He will show up. He will arise over you. Well, it don't look like it right now. Stop talking about what you see and begin to declare what you believe. Come on, go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, wow, it's dark out there. No! He didn't say what he saw. He said his intention. He said, Let there be light. Into the midst of darkness, he spoke light and he brought forth creation. God's word has creative power. It's not your word, it's his word. And his word in your heart, coming out of your mouth, is going to bring forth his intention and plan and purpose for your life. What are you speaking? When does this arising come? When does this shining happen? When it's getting dark, the contrast of who we are becomes so evident. Listen, these are the days for a glorious church that's brilliant and bright and filled with faith and power and compassion and strength and miracles, not fear, not worry, not anxiety, where the provision of God is showing testimonies in our life. And people are wondering, how is this happening? God. It's the covenant. He is the Lord, my shepherd. I shall not lack. Psalms 34, the young lions do hunger and suffer lack, but those who seek him, those who worship him shall not lack any good thing. You declare that even when your wallet's empty. You don't speak it because the the circumstances support it. You speak it because it's God's word. I'm just a little excited this morning because I am praying that you receive this into your heart, that you're getting this. And some of you, you can't even sit down anymore. You stand up. You walk around your bedroom, your living room. You start speaking over your house. You, you get your wallet out. You get your checkbook out. you you Whatever it is, you just start looking and pointing and saying, Father, I thank you. God, forgive me for limiting you. Forgive me for losing my hope and my expectation. God, help me to become a prisoner of great expectation. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will totally ignore you. No, that's not what it says. It says, Call unto me, and I will answer you. And I will even show you great and mighty things which have been confined and hidden which you do not know and understand, and you haven't been able to distinguish, but I'm ready to bring it forth into your life. Well, who's going to see it? Who's going to experience? Those who call are going to get some things. Those who don't, unfortunately, are going to do without. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't let the government steal it and all of their restrictions and everything. And I'm not against government, but they're making decisions that affect all of us. Don't let the news about this or that or your job or... Don't throw away your confidence. My confidence is not in man. My trust is not in man. Though I do have confidence in some people and I do trust some people, I'm not saying that. But my faith is in him. My faith is in his word. His word is an anchor to my soul. It holds me stable. Remember that he is the security and the stability of our times. And he is revealed through his word. You want to know what he's like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what he's like? Look into his word. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, strength, perseverance. These are not the days for wimps and whiners in the church. These are the days of the warriors to stand up strong and bold, full of the word, empowered by the spirit of God, to make a stand for what God's word says. For you have need of endurance, so after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. When I was speaking on prayer a couple weeks ago, I finished with this in Luke chapter 18 about this woman who just continued to come and continued to come and continued to come. And finally, she got what she needed because of the unjust judge just said, look, this woman wears me out. I'm, I'm going to do whatever she needs. God's not an unjust God, and the Bible says how much more will the just judge, how much more will your heavenly Father speedily move on your behalf? And then the last verse of that, Luke 18, 18, verse 8 says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? Not a casual faith, not an easy faith, a persistent faith. These epistles were written At a time when the church was going through persecution, people were dying. People were going to prison. These were challenging days. Listen, we might live with some challenges now, but we have the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God. Listen, we have a Bible. We have the whole thing, Old Testament, New Testament, written together. They didn't have what we have. They didn't have all of these books that Paul had written. They didn't have all the Gospels put together. They didn't have the books of Peter and and James and John. They didn't have that. We've got it. And it's not a decoration on a coffee table. It's not something that collects dust on a bookshelf. It's something that you need. It's alive and it's fresh and you feed it into your heart. And when you feed it into your heart, as you believe, you begin to declare. You speak it out because it's God's word. It's God's intention. It's God's plan. It's God's purpose for your life that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He wants your soul, your mind, and your will to prosper. He wants you to be at peace, and he wants you to shine, and he wants you to carry a joy and a strength and a courage that is a testimony to the world. I'll finish this. You know, when you... As we talk about faith, I mean, think about it. And this is a whole nother message. We are saved by faith, justified by faith. We have access to the grace of God through faith. We receive righteousness through faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Come on. It's time to stir your faith. It's time to get some courage. It's time to get some fight back in the church. It's time to get that light shining bright. And I'll share this verse and wrap it up. It's a verse that I use in NLTC every year. usually have the students memorize Psalms 34. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just some of it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. What is that? That means I'm bragging about who he is on my behalf. It's time to brag about who he is, what he's done, and your expectation of what he's going to do in your situation. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints, for there is no lack To those who fear him, honor him, reverence him, respect him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. My prayer for you today that in the multitude of the words that have been given out, that your house, your heart, your mind, your home, your family, your business, That which concerns you, you do not suffer lack. Allow the Word of God to fill your heart. Get up off the couch, lift your hands, and just begin to thank Him. Begin your days thanking Him, for the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto Him, because He is good. Fill your heart with this Word, and let the fruit of this Word that abounds in your heart begin to come out of your mouth. Speak of your situation. Allow God's word to come out. Fight thought with the words of your mind. Fight fear with the faith that's coming out of your heart. As you believe, speak. It's time to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do all he promised. Do not lose hope. Listen, church, it's time to rise. It's time to rise. And when we rise, you know what we do? We shine. Not in our own strength, His. He's the strength of my life. If you'll just open your... One more verse, just a little bit. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light. See, how am I going to rise? How am I going to shine? Well, first of all, the Lord, He's my light. and He's my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You can go on and read the rest of that. Isaiah 33:6, 6. And He will be the security and stability of our times. A treasure of salvation. And that word salvation means wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is your treasure. He is the security and the stability of the days we live in. Father, I thank you for your words that are life-giving. They build faith. They dispel fear. They bring wisdom and direction and clarity. They push aside and and break the power of, of anxiety and worries and fears that are trying to dominate us. They try to steal our song and our joy and our hope. But we will not settle into silence. We will give thanks unto you and declare you are good. We will take time to seek you. And as we seek you, trust you, even when we don't understand, you will lead, you will direct, you will guide. You are showing up in ways that we did not expect, that we would not limit you, that we can have expectation to see greater things in our future than we've ever seen in our past. New days and new ways await us. and We will not lose hope. We will arise and we will shine. We will be that glorious church and that testimony That demonstrates the goodness of Jesus of your strength and your peace your provision and your wholeness in our lives and our homes and our families and our businesses because of who you are and we thank you for that we thank you for your goodness and mercy that's new and fresh every single day let these words saturate every home every heart and every mind bringing strength and peace and courage and a perseverance to every man and woman in jesus name amen god bless you
0: thank you for joining us today We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alaban give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.